Groovaholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Birthed by a love of music, we're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy. Groovy. Yeah. So give a big round of applause for Jack. 
Welcome, everyone, to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding area. I am your host, Ben Albert, and I am live here with Matthew Raymerman of the Green Room Studio, uh, tons of other projects. How are we doing today, man? How's it going, Matthew? I'm doing well. Doing well. Good to hear it. And um, that track we just heard, let's talk a little bit about that because it was live, but sounded spot on, man. Uh, give me a little bit of background about the Seven Wonders. Uh, Seven Wonders, uh, Fleetwood Mac, um, tribute band, cover band, I guess. But <laughs> I don't know what we're supposed to call ourselves these days. Um, but just some wonderful people, great people to play with, great people to be around. Uh, Tegan Ward singing there, Katie Wright singing, playing keys, uh, John Sheffer on guitar, Kyle Vock playing bass, uh, Charlie Lindner on keys. Uh, so it's just been uh, a really a real blast to be in that group and and be working with those guys. And uh, unfortunately, with COVID, uh, most of our stuff this year has been canceled or postponed. So uh, yeah, nice to think about that coming back and being able to do that at some point again. But no, great, it, great people, like I said, and a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, you guys put on a hell of a show. I was talking to Tegan. She was uh, probably about five episodes ago, and uh, the first show I saw was, I think, the first one you guys ever did at Three Heads Brewing and sold out right off the bat. And then um, that track was from Anthology, you said? That track, I think, is is from Anthology. It might be a Three Heads show, but I'm pretty sure that's... <laughs> yeah. But making steps, making moves quick. And you do a ton of recording, everybody, uh, ultimately everyone in Rochester. I want to jump there in a second. But first, let's uh, get people up to date. Obviously, COVID's been crazy. But before COVID, ultimately, what are your current focuses as a musician? Because I've seen you in the Medicinals and lots of projects around Rochester, Danielle Ponder. Um who are you uh, playing with live nowadays? And we'll talk about COVID in a second, but before the, the quarantine, what were your main focuses? Um, well, most of my, my live playing is, is just, you know, all over the place playing with different people. Uh, I'm not like uh, uh, tied down, I guess, to one, one act or, or whatever, but I uh, just really enjoy working with, uh, new projects, uh, different artists, uh, whether in the studio or live, uh, just uh, in kind of a support role to help them um, get the best thing that they can, uh, best foot forward. So, um, and I just I just love playing. You know, um, Medicinals, great guys, lots of fun to play with. Danielle, absolutely wonderful. Uh, love her, love her music, her message, and uh, just you know, I like I like working with with beautiful people. I think we have a fantastic music scene in Rochester. So it's just really nice to get out and, and be able to play and be a part of that. I do a lot of like wedding and, and uh, kind of work, more work musician gigs too, mm. um, playing live that aren't, aren't so advertised, but uh, that's um, again, you know, COVID, that's on hold too. So uh, most of what's happening now is, is all in the studio and that's, that's fine too. Yeah. You, you, you've got a lot of, music. You got a lot of arms. You wear a lot of hats. You do a, do a little bit of everything. Um, let Let's talk about this COVID thing because it's impossible not to address. Um, the world's changed in the past four to six months. Um, how has it experienced you? Uh, obviously, you do a ton in the studio, but you do a lot of live playing. Tell me about the transition for you. Talk a little bit about maybe streaming and other effects um, COVID has had on your life. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the world, the world has definitely changed, especially for people in, uh, in the music business, the entertainment business. Um, but uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll acknowledge the, the roller coaster of, of uh, emotion and experience over the last few months. And, um, I think ultimately it's really just working out to be a, a, 
a positive in the long run. I, th- I think society will really grow from it. And um, I feel like some of the things you just mentioned, I, I've changed and I've grown and, and had some time to uh, reflect and think about, uh, you know, what the focus of life really is and, and, and kind of big picture on that. And so um, definitely there's a, there's a adjustment in terms of approach. Um, but I think there's also a lot of development just in terms of, of uh, personal growth and outlook uh, moving forward. So for me, um, the, the individual things I do, whether it's streaming or being in the studio or performing live are all just kind of interconnected with the same experience of, of you know, art through music, basically. Um, and that, that expression and that connection and, you know, COVID puts a hamper on, um, on parts of it, but I don't think that that's a connection that's going to go away regardless of, you know, it's just not going to go away. <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe we get a, the 2020 comet that wipes the, the planet out here. It might, might put a small damper on it there, but, um, so yeah, all those things that I've I've developed into whether it's it's playing with the Seven Wonders or Medicinals or Danielle or whoever it is, um, and also doing live sound or doing streaming of of live events or being in the studio are all are all you know facets of the same uh, uh, life experience, the same um, you know orbit of of uh, expression. <laughs> um, but in terms of how COVID has really changed it, it's it's probably uh, been a big motivator towards uh, the video end. That was something that I kind of touched on um, prior to prior to COVID, but really kind of dove in head first and said, "Okay, well, we can't we can't play live. Like, how are we going to do this? We need a way mm-hmm. to get it out." And that prompted, uh, you know, streaming and and streaming festivals and streaming now in, in uh, venues with limited capacity. I'm uh, doing a, a series at Three Heads right now, every Sunday. Um, we've had some really great groups down there. Honey Smugglers and Dirty Blankets uh, coming up with Sam Snyder uh, on this Sunday. And then, uh, Tegan and the Tweeds as well. And, and um, Eli Flynn's got a really cool uh, event coming up. So that's that's been a lot of fun. Uh, just trying to, trying to do the um, kind of multi-angle streaming on the fly. You know, where it's it's like it's one thing to do something in a controlled environment, but you're walking into a venue just like mm-hmm. like you're playing a show. You load your gear in, and and hey, here we go. You know, it's it's we're riding that train no matter what happens, and, and the show must go on. So <laughs> it's it's fun, man. I got to be honest. I, I I love this this business, even with its ups and downs. It's I wouldn't couldn't do anything else. I love it, man. And and you were saying, you know, the whole music uh, orbit of music art and uh, ultimately it's pivoted. I, I think that it's as strong as it's ever been. We're just taking pivots to do things differently here. Um, I didn't know that you were in charge of, you know, those streams at Three Heads. Shout out to, to Three Heads Brewery. I'm not mad at Jeff Dale or anyone, but I actually got my... The, he's got a kind beard right here. The kind, best best IPA in Rochester. Um, I I'm not mad at Jeff or anybody, but I put in the lottery. Um, Three Heads Brewing had a lottery for these shows that uh, Matt's streaming because there's a limited capacity, and I got my third choice. No complaints, but it was ultimately a testament that so many people went into that lottery jumping at the bit to see live music that um, people are just excited and I'm sure they're loving the stream, especially if they couldn't get to go to every one of those shows. Um, so you did that. Um, you started Greenstream. Uh, ultimately, Greenstream is the envelope that you're ultimately doing this uh, all this streaming with. I know you had the the green stream music festival that was what april may that was towards the start of covid tell me a little bit about yeah. that um yeah that's when it was that's when covid was just kind of just kind of getting rolling and um there was just a lot of uh uncertainty at the time and 
you know, kind of a feeling of, of got to, you know, got to do something, but something must be done. We can't just, you know, let this thing beat us down. And so, um, there was ideas floated, uh, initially to do actual, like, like a festival, like at, at the venues with bands at the different venues and then stream it. Mm. And, you know, at, at that point, every day there was a new restriction and everything. And so that got canned. And then, uh, a few days later, I was like, well, why don't we just do it anyway? You know, I mean, we'll let people do it from their home. So, um, we lined up, I don't remember exactly somewhere over 50 artists uh, for the weekend for three days to you know, perform from their home and um, consolidate it and, and broadcast it live. And it was a, it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot. <laughs> for me, it was really three, well, five days of tech support, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but the, the, the community vibe and just being able to, I think to do something in that moment was really important. Um, and Greenstream uh, just became kind of uh, uh, a branding or, or a way for me to uh, kind of consolidate everything I was doing with streaming and keep it kind of separate from the green room and separate from the studio. Uh, so, yeah. It sounds like an undertaking. So, so you had 50 plus artists over three days um 12 hours or something a day almost yeah. are you are you sitting there doing the the tech support doing all the streaming yourself that that's a hell of a three days that that's quite to keep up on man yes um uh, my wife was understanding through most of it <laughs> most of it <laughs> um yeah it was it was a lot it, it uh you know we were putting up uh new act about every uh, 30 minutes a couple of acts went an hour but most most of them 30 minutes you know so kind of get one up run running and, and then beyond to the next one getting them going you did good work man that that was fun i watched a bunch of it cast it to the tv and yeah things like that giving people hope giving them enjoyment keeping them happy and healthy during these weird times. So green stream, that's ultimately a, a smaller thing you're streaming, but your big umbrella here is green room studios. When did you start green room studios? I I've known of the green room for a while now, but how long has it actually been there since inception? Um, that's, that's actually a hard question. I think when I actually started to use that name. Sure. How long uh, have you been uh, recording at a professional level? It's probably another hard one, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of a hard one too. Um, I'll give you the, <laughs> we give you the condensed uh, life timeline of uh, started playing drums, you know, around second grade, uh, played drums all through, you know, through high school and did all school bands and all that kind of stuff, uh, jazz band, concert band, symphonic band, wind ensemble, you know, it was, it was, uh, I wasn't going to my other classes, but I was going to the music classes. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so did that and went to MCC actually for jazz pop rock performance. Um, then, um, went, worked for a while, did some, bunch of playing and then wound up in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles College of Music and uh, attended that got you know basically while I was in LA kind of started dabbling in uh, recording I had, I had done some stuff before then but you know in terms of like I took the mixer and plugged it into the input jack of the computer when I got to LA it was like you know everybody had a studio you know, at least a, at least something you know and, some people had, had pretty serious studios in their house. Uh, and then also the experience of being able to go into the larger studios in the capital in those places and, and experience, you know, what that's like and what, what those rooms sounded like. So uh, at that time, though, I was still focused on just playing, uh, you know, purely being, uh, being a player. Uh, we moved out of my 
now wife, then girlfriend, uh, and I moved out of LA to Philly. And in Philly, I was doing a lot of studio production, like like MIDI production, mixing, editing, uh, that kind of stuff. Where I basically had a MIDI MIDI studio set up in my house with like Roland, you know, electronic kit and and uh, MIDI keyboards and a bunch of soft synths and plugins and and doing that kind of work for people. And then uh, also at the same time, kind of going and just being hired for projects and working in different studios going into the city in New York or going to uh, work with some studios in Asheville uh, and Buffalo. I was going back to the West coast a couple of times, did some stuff out there and just kind of getting deeper and deeper into that end of, of uh, music. And then we moved back to Rochester and I, uh, basically wanted more than just a midi based studio at home. So I got a space out in Ontario uh, and had that space until two years ago. Uh, actually, <laughs> I still have that space, but mm. uh, I now work out, been working out of here for two years. So uh, that, I, like I guess that would be, oh man, what year is that? Eight, nine, nine years ago, something like that. Yeah, eight quite, eight years ago. Quite some <laughs> quite some time behind you. Uh, it's good experience. Why did you decide to to move and ultimately come on back here to Rochester? Well, you know, I left I left for uh, almost a decade because you know when you're young, you can't wait to get out of here and see, and you got to know, you know, you got to go somewhere and and live a little and and learn a little bit. So, yeah, I moved away. I lived in, uh, you know, the West Coast. I lived in Philly. Uh, had great times and then decided to come back here basically to uh, have a family and buy a house. And, you know, uh, we didn't want to buy a house in Philly. Uh, we loved Philly, you know, being uh, young. My, my wife and I are big foodies, so uh, mm-hmm. Philly's a great town for that. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So we love that. Music scene was cool. You know, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it was. It was cool, but it wasn't. It wasn't super engaging. You know, for me, it wasn't as great as LA had been. So I guess maybe I had the <laughs> <laughs> expectations that were unrealistic of what was um, what was awaiting in Philly there. But uh, yeah, move back here. Houses are cheap. Schools are really good. You know, we had um, my parents were here. Her mom, my wife's mom, lives here. So, we had grandparents, and uh, so we moved back, bought a house, got two kids now, and a little American dream. You know, and yeah, yeah, here away we go. Hey, Rochester, man, uh, houses are cheap. The the education, the very least in a lot of the suburbs, is incredible, um, and the music scene's incredible. So, uh, with the green room you've recorded just about everybody and everything if people don't know about the green room because maybe they were born under a rock um what are some of the artists that you've had a joy of you know recording and uh, any uh name drops that people might know oh man um uh vanishing sun uh, daniel ponder uh, Tony Galicchio actually was in tonight from Funk Nut. Um, Chris English was in today, uh, the English Project. Uh, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Uh, yeah, these should just roll off my head, but they don't. Right now I have working with the Mighty High and Dry, Alan Murphy. Um, uh, let's see. Who else? Girl named Jenny's been recording in here uh, with the uh, also with Cody Niver working on that project. Um, Mochester, um, Bardic Vengeance, my buddy Bill Smith been recording. Um, done a bunch of stuff like Brendan Caricelli, uh, if you're familiar with him, great great drummer in town. He's mm-hmm. uh, putting out a record that we did a bunch of stuff on. 
Is he still doing that like solo looping drum kind of experimental stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, really, really really hip stuff, a lot of odd time, uh, a lot of odd meter stuff and mm. um yeah, so he's great. Um uh, uh, Continental Drift, uh, Mosaic Foundation, uh, Extended Family. Uh, I'm doing some mastering right now for Ocular Panther, uh, uh, Redbeard Samurai, Blake Pattengale. I've been doing a lot of great, great work with him. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm You're sure there's a million people that I should be mentioning right now that I'm forgetting. You're keeping busy. Well, yeah, Honey Smugglers, Dirty Blanket, both of those that just did uh, Three Heads, did both their records too. Uh, so, yeah, just just make music, you know? Mm-hmm. You obviously love it. What, what do you find so rewarding about it? Because working with this many artists and this many personalities and all sorts of styles, that's an undertaking. Um, what are some of the things you find so rewarding about it? Obviously you'll love it. Well, you know, not so much, uh, rewarding as, um, I'll go with, you know, maybe, maybe masochism. (laughs) No, it's, it is, it's absolutely rewarding. It's, it's the, the reward is in the, um, You know that's a that's a much harder question than it seems. What sure. is the reward? What you know? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's a thing. It, it, music is this thing. You either you got the bug or you don't have the bug. And and the people who get it get it bad and, and <laughs> need it. You know, it's uh, it's it's stronger than I don't know. It's it's a it's a strong pull. But um, yeah, there's 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 a, a personal reward. There's a, there's a, like I said, that, that connection, that the social reward, I guess, of, of, of this thing that you can do with other people and collaborate. And, you know, even a solo artist is, is, uh, is collaborating, connecting with, with their fans, you know? So there's, there's all these levels or, or, or layers to that onion to peel back of, 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 uh, what it does and what it means and how it connects. So it's great, man. It, it seems like you, you've got the buck and you're spreading it. You're basically, you're, you're, um, inseminating a little bit of your music passion and every one of these artists, uh, works here. So that's something that's intangible. It, it is hard to describe it. Has there been any, been any artists that you've just, loved working with like they're a total joy there's someone you recommend uh yeah uh you know who who always comes in to every session and just has a a fantastic attitude and plays his ass off actually i'll give you two and they well i could give you more than that (laughs) let's start let's start with the uh i got two bass players that come to mind immediately when i think of of those those qualities and that's that's uh danny, Z- danny zeman and lewis Carrion. um you know just guys that when they come in you just the vibe is great and relaxed and and feels good and it's pro and it sounds pro and um so yeah those you know maybe i'm partial to bass players out here, but uh as a drummer <laughs> No, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, wonderful people I had, uh, also in today, uh, for a session was uh, Tom Mahoney, who's, who's just a, a great guy, great songwriter, great person to be around. Um, those, those five things are, are, are big for me. You know, it's like, if, if you're going to sit in a studio for hours and hours, you know, who do you want to sit in the studio with? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so there's. Yeah, those. It's a deep list. If I if I'm going to start listing off all the people that I that I like working with, it's uh, we're going to be here a while. I'm not sure we have that much time. 
I'm I'm always curious about the full landscape of experience and events. And I do not, it's your choice, but I do not want you to, you know, tell me who it was or why it happened necessarily, but any disaster experiences you've had to deal with, whether it's on your end as in things just don't go the way that are planned on your end or someone comes in to record and uh, I don't know, maybe they're smoking crack. I don't know. Have you had any crazy disaster circumstances? Um, yeah. So all of those things you just mentioned have happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, you know, it's the music business. It's the entertainment business. So whether we're talking about live shows or studios, there's, there's a wide gamut of experience. I did have, uh, <laughs> so I had one um, where uh, <clears throat> I had a, a, a very large session, number of fantastic artists on a session, and um, an arrangement is is there. They give them the arrangement, and the arrangement is not correct. Um, and it's not correct in multiple ways, but it's not correct in different ways for different <laughs> players. And so what happened is you got, I mean, I'm talking top, top notch guys, uh, are, are on this session and we go, you know, count off comes first note hits and, you know, it sounded like a bunch of ducks quacking <laughs> in the field or something. It was, it was just awful. Uh, so Everybody's kind of confused and say, okay, okay, you know, everybody kind of says, oh, well, I'm doing this and do this. Okay, count it off again. Same thing. <laughs> you know, just like, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was like, like somebody stepping on a bunch of those rubber ducks, that, you know, squeal or whatever. It was, it was horrible. And uh, so we come out and, and look at the charts and realize all the charts are wrong, right? And kind of everybody has this power and look at the charts. Thing is, you have 12 people, you have the studio books, you've got all, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is thousands of dollars basically are disappearing by the minute until this thing is fixed, you know? And so the producer ranger got is, is in a panic and he goes to try to fix the charts. And in the meantime, you know, the band basically said, well, let's just, let's just make it up, you know, because <laughs> we're sitting there like, we don't want this guy to come back and there's, you know, the whole session is ruined. So we just rolled tape and made a bunch of stuff up, came out, came out great. Guy came back and was like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> wow. So those, those are fun, fun experiences when those kind of things uh, happen. Um, yeah, there's lots of funny stories occurring in the studio. That's cool, man. Any any crazy personality types? Oh man. Uh, yeah, yeah. You always always have some crazy personalities. I have a uh, yeah. Um, I got one guy that likes to come in. It is a, a regular client actually comes in and doesn't actually like, it, like we'll pull up a session and then he wants to tell me, uh, you know, direct me what to do. But the thing is that he doesn't know what he's telling me what to do. Usually he's pulling up pictures on Google and saying, can you make it, make the EQ look like this one? So, sure. You know, let's let's do it. And so we pull it up, and we make it look like that one, and then he decides if he likes it or not. And you know, it initially when he was coming in, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, what this guy wants me to just and now I just roll with it, and we just flip through these things until he gets something he likes, and he has a great time. All right, sure, why not? Let's do it. Let's have a good time. I'll try it. So, you know, and then you got everything from people who come in who have no clue what they want to do to guys who come in and you know exactly 
mm-hmm. what they want, what they want to sound like, and you kind of run in the gamut of, you know, playing to to playing to the client, playing to whatever whatever's going to help them get to their goal. Uh, you know, I got bands that come in and do uh, track, mix, master one day. It's like we got eight hours. We need to. We want to leave with the record. It's like, okay, let's let's go for it. <laughs> and you got guys who are like making the same song for three years, and like that's just not just not quite there. I think we're gonna, you know, replace that with it. Like, cool, let's do that too. <laughs> it's it's. It's all a journey. It's all a challenge, and uh, and I just enjoy it. I enjoy the different personalities coming in and and not having the same thing every day. I think that's that's like a great fear of mine. We like have to do the same thing every day. It sounds horrible. Yeah, you make it happen, and it sounds like you've got literally the polar opposite of doing the same thing every day. Because there's always a new song, there's always a new track, there's always a new instrument. There's always a new band. There's always a new vision. There's steps. Sounds like it really keeps it interesting, huh? What was this? What was this uh, track you sent me? Touch final mix. Oh, that's a uh, that's a track um, I did with uh, Alan Murphy. It's uh, Alan Murphy, and then also uh, Zahaya is uh, doing some vocals on that track. But that was a, a track that uh, Alan and I put together for uh, licensing, uh, a licensing opportunity that, uh, that he had found. So it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Wait, so, so where is this track going to be found then? Well, this is uh, a not a track you can find. <laughs> this is a, you're listening to some unreleased uh Unreleased material here, some some uh, highly classified uh, wow goodbye uh, material. <laughs> I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to check it out. Then, sure. Yeah, let me uh, pop it on. I'm going to throw up a photo of his truly Matt, and we'll, <laughs> we'll listen to Touch the final mix. It's going to be cool.
You're listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast, and mark our page as C first to keep in touch with everything new. Now back to the show. That was fun. That was cool. A lot of touching going on in that song. A lot of touching. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun one, though. I could I could see that at a nightclub. I could hear it on the radio. It's a fun, catchy track. Good beat. Yeah. So, keep, it, keep it up. Keep it funky. So what exactly was your contribution? Did you do the, the MIDI, the beats, all that? Or tell me a little bit about the process there. Uh, yeah, I did that. I did the the mix, the master. Um, did uh, you know? It's um, Alan wrote the lyrics. I, I'm trying to remember if Sahaya Sahaya might have written some of the lyrics, but uh, uh, Alan and I basically just got together. He had kind of a concept for the tune and. Uh, I don't remember if he started uh, with melody or lyrics. He's, you know, <laughs> Alan will remember. But whatever it was, we started with something. I think we we may have started with the beat and then um, and then kind of adapted just you know the beat and the melody and lyrics together. Uh, I wish I could be more specific, but <laughs> you know, to be honest, I don't really remember. You know what? What exactly the 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 steps of the process? If we uh, how we arranged it, but you know, we just kind of sit there and come up with ideas and say, "Oh, what if we did this? What if we did that? Uh, what if we move this? You know, or double this section? Or what if we had a, a guitar come in over the top of this part?" Um, the inspiration for this tune. I mean, we were listening to a lot of Prince, mm. um, so you kind of hear that uh, that influence in it, and then. Yeah, it kind of grows, grew, grew organically, grew from a, a idea of hey, let's let's make a track to, to that, and uh, so, there it is. Yeah, on <laughs> the high end, who's always always great. Oh, she's yeah. always fantastic. Uh, just um, consummate per- performer and, and uh, creative person. So it was, it was great to have her on that. Yeah, incredible vocalist, very creative, and the the track sounds great. Totally unreleased, so you guys get to hear it here. Um, is this something that you guys are moving towards an entire album, or is is this a one and done? Well, what's the story behind that? No, that's that's a that's a one and done. You know, I'd say that's uh, that's kind of you know, uh, like I said, I, it, I've done them. A lot of great work with with Alan. He's he's work, currently working on some of his own material. He's working on some muddy high and dry material, and uh, just always great to have him in and and have him be able to work with him. So uh, yeah. it was it was a a one night stand per se. One night stand. <laughs> it was. I think we actually we made it for a, a like I said for licensing opportunity, and um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I, I actually had Zahaya here on the podcast. Uh, her and I talked a lot about collaborations, many of which she's done in the past and some things she wants to do in the future, like a, a collaboration of just powerful female vocalists and um, things like that. I, I'm curious about... Um, Obviously, as a recording guy, as someone traveling and playing with lots of different bands, uh, whether it's for a gig or for multiple events, what are some of your favorite cat collaborations that you've done in the past? Um, well, I guess that's one of them. I just played. <laughs> but, I, uh, I'm thinking you, you're probably thinking about all the ones that you've had because you've done a bunch, right? Yeah. Uh, done a bunch i mean i kind of kind of think of everything that i i really connect with as being something i'm, I'm collaborating in whether it's you know even just being uh, an engineer or, or doing production or whatever it is on a track uh you know 
you make a connection with it, you make a, a you know, have a, have a, a stake or a desire to see it do well or, or, or kind of follow its journey. And, and, and so, yeah, in terms of favorites, I don't know. That's, I'll go with that one because it's easy. Mm. <laughs> what about a, a live performance? Um, I personally don't know what you uh, exactly what you've been a part of and what you haven't, but Rochester has had so many live performances, tribute shows where there's 10, 20, 30 people playing in any given evening. Have you been a part of any of those? Uh, yeah, I did a couple of those. I did uh, put one on uh, for the last waltz uh, from the band, the anniversary of that. I did a, uh, Show like that. It's um, German House, which is a lot of fun. That was uh, like Willie O'Reilly playing keys. Again, Alan Murphy, uh, Kyle Bach, uh, Chris Potter, who's just just also a fantastic and wonderful musician. Uh, all those guys are. Um, we had a great horn section with Bill Tiberio. Um, just so those those events are a lot of fun. Did another one that was uh, Jimi Hendrix. We did a Jimi Hendrix tribute at um, Anthology. With uh, numerous guitar players, Sam Snyder, uh, Kurt Johnson, uh, Chris Potter again. Uh, you know, a lot of just just great players, a lot of great drummers uh, on those gigs as well. Uh, Alex Cote, uh, who's a fantastic drummer, one of my favorites in town. He plays in Alan's band, uh, Mighty High and Dry. Um, I love those events. It, especially because again, that community, that connection just, um, yeah, it, it brings the experience to the next level. You know, when you add that, those dynamics, uh, so it's a lot of fun. I mean, heck every medicinal show is practically like that. Cause you got 45 people on stage. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's, they're they're all they're all a lot of fun, you know the 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 organized chaos of uh, oh yeah actually a recent one we just did last year uh, that was great we did the Woodstock one at um, Love and Cup uh, which that that was really killing uh, got to have uh, playing a, a other band the Santana uh, tribute band with Tony Padilla Kurt mm. uh, Johnson. Uh, Freddie Cologne, uh, Lewis, carry on. Um, so we got to do that, that gig. That was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it was another great time. Willie O'Reilly and Will McKenna, uh, along with Leslie Ward, putting that thing on out there. Just uh, always a great time to work with those guys. Great, great crew out there. Always great stuff. And if we were to choose... It could either be an artist or era or album or just a collection of people. Who would you want to collaborate in the future? Let, let's say it can be local. It can be local. I'm going to give you just multiple options. Artist, era, local musicians, or just musicians from the future or present that you haven't been able to play with. If you could put together a collaboration, if we can create an inception of something that'll happen in the future, um, what are what are some ideas that come to mind? Well, I don't know. It depends how realistic it has to be. It does not have to be real. We can do, <laughs> let, how about this? Give me an unreal. Let's start with the realistic answer, and then we can talk about the unrealistic answer. Fair enough. Um, and, and for what it's worth, does the unrealistic really have to be that unrealistic? We can make it happen, right? Somehow. Yeah, you can make anything happen, right? Whatever you put your mind to. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. I, uh, I used to do a gig every Monday night at down at uh, Rome Cafe with... with Sam Snyder and Kurt Johnson. And uh, that was, you know, it's kind of a, a, a improv night. Lots of guests coming down. Had a, had a great time. 
doing that. Uh, but I think if I was going to put together, I don't know, some kind of collaboration, I have to have, you know, you have a really good bass player. That's important, right? Bass player. Uh, so I don't know. How about uh, Lewis carry on there? And, uh, well, you need a guitar player. So, uh, but uh, Kiri Najowski, you know Kiri? If you don't know Kiri, you got to check Kiri out. Man, the guy's a madman. I don't know him. Do, what projects is he in? Uh, he, uh, is he playing with Cherry Bomb or something now? One of those, one of those bomb things. He's, he makes cookies. The guy's a cookie maker. He's the best, best damn cookie maker guitar player you ever met in your life. Makes cookies for Wegmans and then, Cool. Plays the hell out of guitar. Uh, but you can't have just one guitar player again, a cool band. So I'll probably have to go with Mike Gladstone too, you know, just to kind of balance that out and uh, and and really cover both sides of the stage with sound. Gotta have a keys player, so I don't know, maybe Tony Tony Galicchio from Funk Not There, a little waka waka, you know, <laughs> some of that. Yeah. You know? But but then you know, maybe some singers, maybe Zahaya, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hey, percussion, get Tony Padilla in there. And, uh, I don't know. What are we, I feel like we're picking teams for dodgeball right now. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> are you going to pick somebody? And then we have a, we have a battle of the bands. Is that? It, maybe that's what needs to happen. What what kind of music are you guys playing? Are you going to cover an album? Are you going to create original stuff? Probably like some uh, progressive indie neo soul funk uh, metal contemporary gospel. Okay. I don't even know how to place that. That sounds cool. I hope someone's taking notes right now because we're going to make this happen. I mean, it's probably a good idea. So kind of like a... Maybe some horn players in there. Like a raw indie neo-gospel, but with like a heavy metal kind of edge to it, a little bit of a harder sound to it yeah sure sounds good i really hope someone's taking notes because i i, I did only we're only playing quarter notes that's the deal <laughs> oh man it, it's well let's let's get like super unrealistic you don't have to put together a whole band per se but if you were to share the stage with someone who would you share the stage with or is there anybody that you'd like to tour with Anybody you look up to? Uh, well, I'm gonna go with uh, Living. I go with Herbie Hancock. I love Herbie Hancock. Absolutely, yeah. classic, classic favorite of mine for sure. Uh, Non-living, we'll go with. I don't, don't want to be cheesy and say Miles, but maybe Miles. Oh well, uh, Prince. I feel like that tour might be a little a nuts. Maybe maybe I don't want to miss that one. Might, maybe I'll go with Prince. That would be an experience of a lifetime, right? It, it would. It would be. Yeah. I'm just thinking a tour of Herbie, Miles, and Prince. Perfect. And let's toss Damn. in and let's toss in the new project. You you, you got to drop more than just one track. You're you're going on tour with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound too bad. Let's go. Cool, man. Um, we we should have got into this earlier, but um, obviously I put all this in the show notes. Where do people get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach out? Uh, well, you can reach me on Facebook, uh, at green room or green stream. Uh, you can reach me at greenroomproduction.com on my website. Uh, you 
can find me on Instagram at Green Room Audio. Uh, and uh, I have a YouTube page, Green Stream, uh, where the streaming stuff is happening. Um, other than that, you know, ask around, give me a call, email me. Yeah, pay uh, accessible. Pay attention, because uh, obviously, if if you don't know that Matthew's been a part of this, he might have, because he's recording so many local artists, he's sitting in on so many local bands, doing all these events, so obviously follow him, keep in touch, so much that you're doing, man, I, I super appreciate that, um, and Anything that we haven't talked about that you're looking forward to in the future? Any uh, things that are still kind of bubbling and brewing and not yet released? Anything that uh, you want to shout out that we we might not know about yet? Um, well, I'll just say, uh, you know, check out the streams on, on uh, Sundays on Three Heads page. I'll be doing those for, uh, for the foreseeable future here. Some great acts coming up. Uh, again, Sam Snyder and Bad Weapons this Sunday. Uh, so check them out. And, uh, you know, my shout out to my buddy Jeff Dale here. Thanks for the beer. For anybody who's listening to the podcast version, uh, Matthew Raymond and over there is drinking a kind, the kind, the most popular IPA in the Rochester area for good reason. Three Heads is doing so much more than just producing good beer, producing good culture, a good place to hang out, and a, a great place to see music. So obviously always respect to Jeff Dale and everybody over at Three Heads. I think it's cool that you're doing the streams. Um is that your first experience with um, live streaming and multi-angle and doing this all live? Um, just, you know, just live and in the moment. I know that's an undertaking. Have you done it before? I know we kind of touched on it earlier. How's that been? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. Um, I hadn't done it prior to COVID, but mm. um, now I've done it a number of times I did some for, uh, for Tegan over like Marge's and Matt Stevens. Uh, I've done some for like the niche at record archive, uh, and all these ones at three heads. And, um, you know, the more you do, the, the better you get. So you have to just dive in full force and go for it. Yeah. You got to get the repetitions in. Uh, I'm embarrassed by, uh, I, I really encourage anybody who's listening for the first time, watching the first time, follow Rochester Groovecast, all podcast platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can go back. Episode one is there, and I probably put a ton of hours and a ton of effort into putting together a semi-decent episode. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's a journey. You learn more as you go. You, you change things up as you go. It's always a blessing to have the opportunity to talk to people like uh, Matt here. And um, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I encourage everybody to support Green Room. Are, are you taking bookings right now? Or are you pretty much, you do so much, man. Or do you have time to take on more clients or what's your current status? Uh, I'm, I'm taking clients on, limit, on a limited basis. Sure. With some modifications, I've got uh, you know a lot of kind of modified procedures in place here to to keep the place safe and keep it clean. Um, limits on the number of people, so I, I am taking clients, but uh, it kind of depends on on the project and the scope of the project and what they're looking to do. So, uh, absolutely, yeah. And if it's two years from now and you're listening. Give them a call right now because things hopefully have changed. <laughs> if you're watching now, I don't want anyone to feel discouraged. The COVID is it's a learning experience for everyone, and things aren't going to be uh, exactly what we expect them to be, but we're all going to do the best to make it work and make it work for everyone. Um, 
I've had fun chatting with you. I want to ask you the big question that I ask every guest. No right or wrong answers. Um, but imagine if you had the ability to control a billboard, side of the highway, side of the road, and it's a busy area. Let's just assume it's not even a particular city. It's the most diverse area in the world. There's all cultures. There's all religions. There's all genders. There's men, women, all ages. Uh, I encourage people not to swear because there's children that are going to see this billboard. And you've got a billboard on the side of the road. Um, you can control that message, whether it's a, a quick video clip or a, a photo or a quote. Or Honestly, I, I like to give people ideas, but you control that billboard. You can do with that, whatever the hell you want with it. What would you put on it and, and why? Wow. Uh, when you are content to be simply yourself and don't compare or compete, everyone everyone will respect you. That's from the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu. Um, yeah. I'll put that up there. Kind of wordy, I guess, for a billboard. But <laughs> I was thinking about that. If anything, you know, slow down the car a little bit. I read the Tao Te Ching years ago, so I gotta, I gotta touch up on that. Can you say it one more time? Sure. When you're when when you are, uh, uh, yeah. See, I just blanked on. When you're content to be, when you are content to be yourself. simply yourself and don't compare or compete. Everyone will respect you. I love it. Words of wisdom. And um, I think you're doing that. And I think so many musicians in Rochester and across the world are doing that. They're speaking their truth. They're playing their truth. They're playing music that means something to them. So if you like music, if you like the stuff Matt's doing and what he's doing for the community, support your local musicians, support your local artists, because it gives them the opportunity uh, ultimately to be themselves and to play their truth and speak their truth and create good music. So um, obviously check out Green Room. Um, cool, man. I've had fun talking with you. Is there anything we missed? No, I, I, I had a blast. I appreciate you having me on, and, uh, and thank you. I feel like I should be like paying you for the hour right now, dude. It, it, it's been a good time. <laughs> I'll send you a bill. Rochester Groovecast podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. Share this with a friend and tell them exactly why they should listen. And don't forget to keep it groovy, baby.